Sunday evenings and the same way you meal plan on Sunday, I'll pull out a few things that I haven't worn, right? And move them to the front of the closet. Because normally you go in and you grab the same jacket, the same pants, the same dress every week because you know it works. So at least you have two pieces of versatility in your wardrobe that week. My friends, I could not be more excited for this conversation because we are talking to Lisa, the legend, Raja. Lisa Raja's styling and coaching expertise is the result of a lifelong journey of understanding every aspect of the retail world and how it translates to female confidence and now even male confidence, if I'm not mistaken, you're helping the bros out too, which I love. She has tackled the space from every direction, including merchandising for a large retailer, owning her own boutique, developing products for a direct-to-consumer luxury brand, leading a team for an online social styling service, and most recently building her own wardrobe consulting practice. Lisa is committed to making women feel beautiful, and she knows firsthand the power that comes when a woman looks in the mirror and is proud of who is looking back at her. When a woman feels beautiful, she exudes confidence, letting her show up every day as her best self, ready to take the challenges with ease. Though the definition of beauty can vary based on lifestyle, interests, and stage of life, every woman deserves the right to look and feel her best. And it's never too late to redefine our personal brand. Oh, Lisa Raja. Can you just introduce me all the time in that yes. voice? Because yes. that would be... <laughs> I'll just be the heralder with the trumpet welcoming <laughs> you. And actually, I'm doing something I've never done before on this podcast, which is I am dedicating an episode. And I am dedicating this episode to Lisa Wombolt, who is a very different. I'm going to choke up a little bit. And she passed away about two weeks ago. And I think it's magic and wild that the first podcast guest I interview after her passing is also Elisa. And Lisa Wombolt, aka Shortcake, would have totally loved this conversation. And so I want to dedicate it to her. And I want to also dedicate it to her friend Sindhu, who was with her at the end when she left us in this earthly plane. And so I want to dedicate this episode to both of those women. Both of those women are listeners of this show and are so committed to living their best lives. And now Lisa is going to be helping us from the other plane live our best lives. And I just think it's kind of perfect that this is the show I do with Lisa here in the room with me energetically from the other side. So thank you for letting me do that, Lisa. I'm honored to be here and to be part of that dedication. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So here's why I wanted to have you talk to my people, Lisa. You and I operate in sort of a similar energy field, I would say. So I'm working with people to help them become more spellbinding communicators, right? I am helping them step into their power, find their voice, speak from their most powerful self. And in that, there is an overlapping Venn diagram of where that intersects with clothing and wardrobe. And where I want to start this conversation is by asking you to please rant for a hot second. Why do we dismiss the power of clothing and wardrobe as vain, as superficial, when you and I both know it fucking matters? It matters. Why does it matter? And why are we so dismissive of it? So, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think 
for the most part, people think of like style and fashion as Chanel or like I have to buy some brand that is fancy pants and it's the cover of some magazine. And you can be stylish at Target. You can be super stylish at Target and you can be super stylish at TJ Maxx or Banana Republic or J. Crew or any store in between. Yep. Trends also, people get caught up in like, oh, I have to get that specific thing and then I have to spend money on that specific thing. No, you don't. I think the biggest thing about it is like understanding who you are and how you want to look and then figuring out what those things are. Being true to yourself. But I think for women, generally Mm -hmm. speaking, we are the nurturers, the caretakers. We have to run our house and our in-laws and the same generation. And when you are taking care of every single other person, the last one on the totem pole is yourself. That's and right. when you've been eating or showered today, like worrying about what you're wearing seems not the top of the list. And also you have to be in a meeting in five minutes and you yeah. haven't eaten. So yes. you're scrambling, right? Yep. And then that is like a self-fulfilling prophecy that just keeps getting perpetuated. And, and then it's never important. But in my experience, when there's a few minutes taken and we can talk about the tips and how to make that happen, yeah, it is a massively powerful thing as you said earlier, when she spends a little bit of effort and there's ways to do it where you don't have to think about it. Yes. Like, boom, here I am. Okay. So I can't wait to get into the tips and tricks because I could talk to you about this all day. Before we get there, I want to stay at this higher altitude for a hot second longer. And when you're talking about how to dress as our authentic self and who we really are and how we want to look and things like that, I find that sometimes we don't even know what that is. That's why I love connecting with people like you, because sometimes we can't see our own greatness. I remember you came to my house to turn my closet inside out and you literally showed up, you kicked off your heels and you were like, girl, I hope you had some protein this morning (laughs) because I'm about to put you through the paces. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking best thing ever. But one of the things you did for me is you gave me permission to take my image seriously, not from a superficial like, oh, patriarchy needs women to be in high heels. Not that. It's, I see your greatness. You know, it's in there. Let's dress for that. And giving me permission to fully inhabit the gloriousness of my being. I think a lot of women don't even know what that is yet. What advice do you have for women that are like, who do I think I am? I basically like, have a few nice shirts and I'm in yoga pants all day in these Zooms? That's such a great question because I have been in this period of trying to fix my body, quote unquote, working on all the things, right? I know what I'm supposed to eat. I know how much I'm supposed to exercise. Do I do that? No. I had to hire a nutritionist Mm -hmm. and I had to hire a trainer to help me get my life together. I've done this enough times that I should know. It's the same thing. You know that you're supposed to do certain things in your closet and you're supposed to look a certain way or you think you want to look a certain way, but you forget how to do it. Also, we change. You might have been, in your opinion, super stylish and super had your shit together in your 20s or 30s or whatever year you're in. And then life happened. Your body changed and you went through a divorce Mm -hmm. and your career changed and your kids don't talk to you, whatever. Yeah. In the same way trends and styles change, so do we. And sometimes you get lost in that and it's hard to find your way back. 
maybe a poofy sleeve floral shirt was your jam for 10 years. And now all of a sudden it's like, that doesn't work. Yeah. But that's what you have in your closet because you haven't revisited. And as I said before, there's no time and life just gets in the way. That's right. Okay. So one more thing to add to that, something I've noticed personally, and this is part of the work I do with clients too, is like inside of each of us, there are many selves. There's the mother self, there's the daughter self, there's the working self, there's the wife self. There's all these different people that live inside of us. Mm -hmm. And moment to moment, we're reacting from these different parts of ourselves. It's like the internal family systems work. I find that by choosing the right article of clothing, I can more easily conjure my most powerful self. 100%. At the beginning of the pandemic, this is so funny, I gave a bunch of virtual keynotes, right? Because nobody was gathering in person. And for the first few months of that, I had to put on my Prada heels to do those talks. Mm -hmm. Because if I did the talks in Birkenstocks, I wasn't bringing forward the self that can melt faces and blow minds. Right. And then eventually I got over that. And I was like, I can melt faces in my brain and stuff. Yeah. But there is something mm -hmm. alchemical about clothing, right? Yeah. You said it. If Prada shoes make you feel like a boss bitch, then wear the Prada shoes all day long. I remember talking to my therapist about how guilty I felt about buying my first pair of Prada pumps. And he's like, if all it takes for you to realize your full potential in your career is to buy some fucking shoes, buy the shoes, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so that's at a high level why I think this work is so vital. And I think it gets dismissed way too quickly. And I think there's something in patriarchy there, but we're not going to go there. So when you are going into someone's home, in fact, I just Marco Poloed with someone who's about to work with you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so when you go into someone's closet, what are you doing? What are you looking for? What is your vibe? What's happening? So I tell everyone that I am about to work with, my goal in our first session when I come into your closet is to build this algorithm of you. I am not on social as like a quote unquote stylist because it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. What I like or what I'm wearing has nothing to do with our conversation. So when I come over, we literally go through every article of clothing, your accessories, your shoes, your workout clothes, whatnot. And to be honest, almost every woman says, I'm a little nervous about you coming over. Are you going to judge me? And I'm like, look, I'm your closet whisperer. There's no judgment. I actually like the closet super messy because it helps build the algorithm faster and I get a sense of who you are. But it is, it's a really intimate experience. I'm in your home. I'm in your closet. You yeah. might be changing um, yeah. in front of me if you feel comfortable. And your life and your body and all that becomes part of the conversation. But by going through each article of clothing, a couple of things happen. I figure out very quickly, like brands you like and how far I can probably push you based on like what you have. Mm. I get a very quick glimpse and understanding of what your current style is. And we also then shape how you want to show up. I love this example. I had a woman that I worked with and she had a massive closet and most adorable woman, super nervous about me coming in. And I kept saying, I promise I'm gentle. I'm gentle. And she's like, I just want to look like a cross between JLo and Chanel. And I was mm. like, okay, Janelle, let's do this. Oh, yes. 
when I kind of felt like based on what she was saying, I didn't think it fit her, but I am never pushy. I'm like, you need to be a part of this process. And she's yeah. like, it doesn't look like JLo or Chanel. And I'm like, it's because it's not. And then I was not doing the talking. She was easily saying, mm, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't. And we edit out the closet so that you have the pieces that you absolutely love. Because what happens is we buy stuff that we used to love and used to fit us, but we change, but you hold on to it because it used to make you look good. And then there's that dress that you bought for like $800 that you never wore because you were having a meltdown and you needed retail therapy and it's still sitting in your closet. You're waiting for the day to wear it, but it's not coming. And all that shit just covers up all your good stuff. And then you can't see your good stuff. And you're like, why do I have so many pieces of clothing and I can't get dressed? So we take all the stuff out that's not serving you. And then you have this really tight and amazing wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens there is we see all your gaps. Hey, Bronwyn, if you just had belts, you could finish off the outfits. Or if you had like some fun shoes that were like mm-hmm. in some poppy colors that took all your like classic clothing and elevated it. Yep. So we see the gaps. But the biggest thing that happens, what I said at the beginning is we figure out who your archetype is. How do you want to show up in the world right now? What are you taking on right now? What's your body like right now? What do we want for you right now? So that when you go to the grocery store on Tuesday, you look like a rock star and you can hopefully bump into someone, an ex-boyfriend or like someone who pissed you off at school or whatever. And you look amazing, not just for Saturday night at a party, but all week long. God, I love that so much. And I'm remembering when you were in my closet And you're right. It is so vulnerable. It's such a vulnerable place to be. But you were like, girl, your clothes aren't bad, but your shoes, Jesus, we need to upgrade your shoe game. And I'm actually in the show notes. I'm going to put links to some of the stuff you had me buy because it changed everything. You have a great wardrobe. Great, great, great wardrobe. Thank you. My work clothes are solid. Like I have great keynote clothes and I want to shout out. I discovered a brand in New York the last time I was there. Scanlon Theodore is like my new favorite. If I need a keynote outfit, if I need a slaying outfit, that brand is my freaking jam. It's for curvy girls who like that old Hollywood glamour vibe. Anyway, when you say the algorithm, what you mean by that is a quick way to check yourself, to know if you're on the right track. And the key component to the algorithm is knowing your archetype. Who am I trying to be in this moment? Is that what you mean by algorithm? Well, it's a little bit more than that. Like if a woman has no sleeveless tops and I will notice that, I'm like, are you sensitive about your arms? Right? So like when I'm shopping for you, it's a discussion I need to have. Like, are you comfortable wearing a sleeveless top or not? Or why is your closet completely black or gray? Are you opposed to color? Or I'm looking at the brands too. Like, okay, fine. You like to shop at this price point. Typically, there might be an odd to the left or to the right of it, but the spend part is important, right? Because it's really easy for someone to come in and just be like, here's a rolling rack of designer goods. Of course, they're going to make you look good. They're amazing pieces of clothing. That's not necessarily what you signed up for. And what I will say is like most people who come to hire someone like me are self-aware enough and know that that's important to them, but they've probably acquired a lot of great pieces. There's hidden jewels already there. Yes. So why aren't we working with the hidden jewels instead of me just band-aiding the problem and bringing in all oh, shit? Yeah. I don't think spending more makes you stylish or fashionable. There's nuggets of gold that we can build on where you don't have to buy a lot. Like you need to buy some things, yeah. but not everything. So the algorithm is really understanding you, your essence, color, print, silhouette, 
accessories, what you have and don't have. So I know how to build for you. I freaking love that. And I remember I tried on, I have this black oversized Banana Republic blazer. And I was like, I think this is an awesome blazer, but am I okay? Is this in your like, yes, it doesn't have to be Chanel or you saw no. I can be banana. Okay. So the next question I have, which is the question that I think every woman who's in the work world, who's got to put looks together, let's talk about capsule, wardrobe capsule. And I almost want to think of it in two branches, the work capsule and the running around, I hope I run into my ex-boyfriend neighborhood capsule. Talk us through what should be in there. This is my favorite question because I think most of us, I'm included in that. You go to the store and you're so caught up in like the beautiful, this dress that you might wear this year if you're lucky. I don't know where you're wearing that to. It is amazing. Maybe you got a great deal and maybe you didn't. It's so amazing. When are you wearing that? And what all of us forget about I'm generalizing here, but what most of us forget about is you need a basic place to start because if you fill that basic, then you go buy the special dress. We normally do it the other way around. We start with the special dress and we don't have any basics. So it's like when you have to go to the Safeway on Tuesday, you're like, I, I can't look like wear. shit. <laughs> yeah. I can't wear the fancy dress to Safeway, but I don't have anything else. For me, the capsule is actually one whole bucket because a lot of it's interchangeable, right? Mm. Sure, you have a great suit or keynote outfit, but if you take that skirt or that blazer, it can go with a pair of denim and a fun t-shirt and sneakers and you're out the door. So I've heard things like, I think the capsule is 33 pieces or 30 pieces, I forget the number, but I don't think it's a specific number. It's certain silhouettes. And I will say not everyone's capsule is exact. It's plus or minus the same, but I have a dear friend who wouldn't wear jeans to save her life. You'd have to kill her before you put her in jeans. But for most everyone else, denim is a standard part of it, right? I live in mine. So it's on a high level, at least for me, because I think there's so much interchangeability and I get it, like maybe a boho woman's never going to wear a blazer. So that's what I'm saying. There's some yeah. to the right of what a capsule is, but generally speaking, a blazer, mm-hmm. I think screen print t-shirts, because it gives a little personality is really important, but also basic t-shirt, right? A black, a white and a gray. And you don't need a hundred of these, but you need a brand and a fit that works for your body because I can't wear every t-shirt. So I have figured out the one that fits for me. And I only have three, one black, one gray and one white. And I replenish when I'm needed. Mm-hmm. denim, a trouser. I think a slip dress is the greatest gift every woman could ever get. It seems like it's not a gift, but it's the most layerable and figure flattering. What the hell is a slip dress? What does that even mean? So they're everywhere right now and they come at different price points and silk or not silk. Just think about the old school slips that you would wear underneath your dress. Oh, yeah. They come in like a T length, like at your calf. My favorite one is when it goes down to your ankles. A spaghetti strap, which depending on if you're chesty may make you feel a certain way, but you can put a turtleneck under the slip and put the slip over and a blazer and a jacket. You can wear Whoa. a slip under a blazer and it looks like the silk and the color is so beautiful, but your body is covered. So no one sees any of the things you it's may not want to show. Yeah. It's so layerable. You can put a bulky sweater over it. You get the figure shape of the slip underneath, but you don't see any of your chest or hips or whatever. So there's ways to mask it. It is so feminine. It comes in every color. It's so versatile. It's I feel like J. Crew has one now called the Gwyneth dress. Is that what I'm thinking of? Like, what's your favorite brand out there right now for a slip dress? Because I remember we used to rock that look in the 90s, girl. Remember? 
It's the best. So Catch New York is a great slip dress. I never say this correctly. I should, but Legence, I think is how you pronounce it. They're slip dresses. It's a thick silk and it comes in many colors. And if you are a smart shopper, like it will always go in sale somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you go to Nordstrom Rack or off fifth, like you'll find them everywhere, but yeah. their silk is to die for. But almost everyone does a silk <laughs> slip dress. Even H&M yeah. is a great one. It's polyester, but... Sometimes you want an entry dress to see if the slip is for you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to spend three or $400 until you know you love it. So do one at a cheaper price point. And then if you love it, you invest in the silk. I love, 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 love that. That was not on my radar. It is so for your figure. It's for every figure, but you can get it in like fun colors or like a charcoal gray or just a black. God, I'm just fascinated by the slip dress. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Okay. I got to add that to my mix. I love that. Okay. So we've got blazer, screen print shirt, plain t-shirts in three colors. For me, my winter capsule is black turtleneck, long sleeve gray, long sleeve black, long sleeve Mm -hmm. white. I love a sweater vest. Am I okay in this? Do you think? Oh, hundred percent a sweater vest. You're going to die when you hear this. In fact, everybody listening is going to laugh so hard. This little sweater vest I have feels like cashmere. I don't think it actually is. I was going through my daughter's closet and she's like, oh, I got this sweater vest at Brandy Melville and I got to get rid of it. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I could throw that shit over in Oxford and pull it off. And maybe Lisa will think I'm a bad person, but I'm going to just run it and see what she says. It's awesome. I love a vest. Yeah. I don't know if it's something of our our generation. (laughs) I have several vests in my closet. (laughs) I feel like that's what's so weird about trends too is these 90s trends are crap, like the slip dress, the vest, the Doc Martens that came back. It's just so funny to see how everything moves through. But pieces like the blazer, the denim, those things do have a much longer shelf life. Okay. Anything else on the capsule? Yeah. So it's the time period right now. And I think it's not going to change is fun sneakers because Frankly, even if you were giving a keynote, I think a woman could come in looking like a badass in flowy trousers. I would even say a t-shirt, but it could be a slightly more elevated top, a blazer and some bomb sneakers. And you look like you're comfortable and you look like you know what you're talking about. In fact, it's so funny. I just coached a woman C-level executive yesterday who said she finally made the commitment that she's done doing talks and heels and she's just gotten like three or four different killer sneaks that she's running. And she's like, I've never felt more comfortable on stage. Yeah. And there's so much personality in a sneaker. I mean, you can go super high end, like even Adidas does a collaboration with Gucci. They're some of the coolest sneakers ever seen super high end, but you can do even just the Adidas Samba itself in white or black. You hooked me up with a fierce pair of Adidas Sambas that have a bright pink pop at the heel and they're dark green. I get so many compliments on those shoes and the teenagers think I'm cool as hell when I'm (laughs) Color goes a long way, especially if it's an accessories, you can then keep your wardrobe a little more simple and do all the poppies that can be worn over and over again to like bump it up. I love that so much. Okay. I want to know from your perspective, what are the classic mistakes we make when we are in acquisition mode? Okay. So this is also a really good question. I think that, and it might be that you need help figuring this out, but as soon as you figure out your archetype or like how you want to present and how you want to look, 
Because I think people go shopping and think they're supposed to buy this trend or they're supposed to buy that sale item. It has nothing to do with your personal sense of style. Cool, that gathan is on sale, but are you going to wear that anywhere? Don't buy something that's not part of your style sensibility. And identifying that first is a crucial part of getting dressed because then you'll reach for the things that honor that archetype, essentially. So I think it's understanding how you want to look first and then buying to that. Otherwise, I think we get caught up in sales and trends and brands, and then you have a closet full of stuff that doesn't serve you with tags on it. Also, there's something I want you to just talk about quickly, which is the mindset that we take into the shopping experience. So let me give you an example. I used to be notorious for, let's say I was coming home from a client meeting. This is pre-pandemic, so I'm mostly Zooming these days, but I'd be coming home from a client meeting. I'm a little hungry. I'm a little tired. I'm not ready to face my family yet. It's right by the mall or it's right by whatever boutique. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to have a little moment and run around and see what's what and who's who. It's almost like a self-soothing. I used to do. It's retail therapy. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the shifting concept or how you're thinking we should be elevating the idea of retail therapy, retail as therapy. Yeah. So this is dangerous. <laughs> I'm never going to tell a woman or a man, whoever wants to go shopping, not to buy things that bring them joy. And that's probably the key sentence there, because I think when we go for retail therapy, and yes, I've done this more times than I care to admit, you're soothing an issue that the dress or pants are probably not going to help, but whatever, if it makes you feel good in the moment, knock yourself out. (laughs) But at the very least, if all else or all other rules fall to the wayside, buy the things that bring you absolute joy. And number two, that you can put to use immediately, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going, if you're having a tough day or whatever, or you're with your girlfriends and you're going shopping, it has to be an article full thing that you're just like, oh my God, I cannot live without that piece. It's going to like, like, I'm going to wear it tomorrow, tomorrow. And if that happens, then that's something you need to add to your closet, right? Not the like, I think I could wear it. It might go with something. I think I like it. Yeah, it's cute. Oh, it's on sale. It's not a bad price. I'm going to buy that. That's not the article of clothing you want. Oh my God, Lisa, I'm just having a flashback to the stupidest decision I ever made. I was going to Los Angeles with my girlies and we were going to go to clubs. Like we were in our early forties. You know how you just have tons of energy and you feel like anyway, I know I'm going to get a new pair of shoes for LA. And so I march into Prada. Incidentally, that was the time I spilled the espresso that they gave me all over their pure white carpet and they had to replace it because of me. No shit. Shabby and random, which is my secret archetype of my insecurity. Shabby and random spilled her espresso all over their white carpet. And the next week they replaced it. Anyway, I bought these platform sandal heels that Prada was... And they looked magnificent. Lisa, I wore those in Los Angeles. And I thought to myself, I would rather die than wear these shoes for one more minute. Yeah. I ended up giving them away to a woman in her 20s because I was like, my sister, these shoes are designed for women who can still play this game. And it's not me. It would have been better if I had taken $1,500 hairs and set fire to that money. The stupidity of shopping for a night of clubbing 
I could have spent $2,000 getting something I could have worn every single day. Why do we do that to ourselves? And I guess this also goes into like understanding where you're like, I like, I can't do that. I'm older now and I can't do that either. It's like self-torture. And here, this I think is a really important thing to talk about is for me, getting dressed, taking care of yourself and how you present in the world each day is self-care. It seems the opposite or counterintuitive, but the effort that you put for yourself to look a certain way, brush your hair, simple makeup, if you're into makeup, all the things are about taking care of yourself. It doesn't seem like it. And it starts with what you're wearing underneath your clothes, because that's for you, right? Like if you put on a beautiful bra or a pink bra or something that's silky or lacy, no one sees that, but you start from ground up in doing the things and it doesn't have to be expensive. I'll say that always, like, it's not about how much you spend, but that little thing that you do for yourself is self-care. And then you build on it. You start from the base and you keep building and a skincare routine, all the things of you loving on yourself. So to your point earlier, I now know like, yeah, that high ass heel is so hot and my legs are going to look so amazing, but I'm going to want to amputate my legs in about 20 minutes. So that's that's not part of my self-care routine anymore. I love that. And okay, so really quick, everybody loves talking about a morning ritual or an evening skincare ritual. The ritual is the word we love to hear but we don't use that word when it comes to wardrobe. We're like, ah, shit. What am I going to wear today? Are you one of those people, Lisa? Like my oldest daughter is so hilarious and organized. She has her clothes laid out the night before stacked length and width. Like it looks like a sweet little book stack in her bathroom. (laughs) And she does it the night before. I'm never going to be that person, Lisa. Or should I be that person? How should we be thinking about dressing as a ritual? of self-care. Okay. So there's two things that need to be thought about. I'm also not the night before woman. My sons do the same thing. At least my younger one does, but so cute. Yeah. We've accumulated a lot of things over time. We were blessed to have more things than we probably need to live our daily lives. And add to that, at least for myself, I'm a big jewelry junkie. So there's a lot of those pieces too. So my tip is On Sunday evenings, in the same way you meal plan on Sunday afternoon, or you look at your calendar for the week, I spend less than five minutes, three minutes, whatever. And I'll pull out a few things that I haven't worn, right? And move them to the front of the closet. Because normally you go in and you grab the same jacket, the same pants, the same dress every week because you know it works. So just go pull out that other jacket, the tweed one or the whatever else is laying your clothes and move it to the front. If two pieces, at least you have two pieces of versatility in your wardrobe that week. Maybe it's the same pants, but you added a new blouse. Maybe it's a new dress that you haven't worn in a while that you've added with your leather jacket, whatever. Which, by the way, I think leather jackets should be part of the capsule, but that's another. Or faux oh, leather. Oh, God. Where I you love, fall. love my leather jacket. So just taking a minute to pick out a different set of earrings or a different yeah. necklace. I want to wear a scarf this week because scarves are usually sitting in some drawer somewhere and you're not thinking about it when you're running out the door. So I pull out a few pieces that I know I want to wear that week. Takes two minutes, three minutes, whatever, and sets you up for success. I can't even stand it. I love that so much. I'm so inspired by that. Actually, I took this from Keita Williams, who's a wonderful coach. She calls it CEO Sundays. And always every Sunday, I plan the week. I schedule all my workouts. I do the meal plans. 
and I get the kids' schedule settled. And when I do that, I start Monday with about 80% less anxiety. And this last fucking nightmare Super Bowl Sunday, which was like the worst Sunday I can remember and I don't know how long, none of that happened because I was prepping the house for, you know, whatever. I felt so anxious all week because I never took that time. And it's so easy to slide in an extra three minutes just to pull out the things that need a little extra sunshine so that we can get them in rotation. Yeah, because then you can judge. You're judging with your own stuff. You know, things get buried. I have two questions that are really just me being self-indulgent. It's my podcast. I'm going to ask them. Mm -hmm. Number one is, it turns out I love wearing skirts in the winter because I can put tights on and then Mm -hmm. my legs look slamming and you don't have to see how ancient my legs are. Mm -hmm. Lisa, I cannot find tights that don't make me feel like I'm being severed in half. I'm the helper in a magic show. Do you have some good tights recommendations? Off the top of my head, no. There are beautiful tights. I've mm. seen them and mm. it doesn't help the podcast at the moment, but I can... You know what? We'll do it in the show notes. Maybe you and I can oh, find... Oh, yes. So then I'll give you some options, especially printed ones, which are my favorite because oh. they're story, not solid ones. That seems dangerous. I'm scared that I would leave oh, no. like a kindergartner in my girl no. animals tights. It's where you get a little personality with that. And it could be a really soft print. It could be a chevron. It could be a slight checker. It could be a soft floral. There are beautiful printed poetry that I think can elevate that game. So yeah, we'll include it in the show notes. Okay. So that's the one thing. The second thing I want to say is I want to talk to you about jewelry really quick, because I know you're a huge fan of keeping your capsule and you invest in your pieces and then you can switch it up with different accessories and jewelry and things like that. I happen to be one of those people and it's just part of my karma in this lifetime. I lose things. When I tell you I lose jewelry, I am not kidding. The only jewelry that is precious that I've never lost is my engagement ring and my wedding band because I never take them off and earrings that my grandmother gave me that she got from when she was nannying for the Saudi royal family in the 80s. They're so groovy and cool and I barely wear them because I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. Every other fine piece of jewelry I've ever had, I've lost. So I have lost my privileges and I only am allowed to have jewelry that it's okay if I lose it. Mm -hmm. Knowing that about me or for other people that just don't have the money to invest in expensive jewelry, how should we think about getting jewels for ourselves and accessorizing? So I could do an entire podcast show on jewelry one day, someday. So first of all, the reason why specifically for you, and then we'll talk about the larger audience, you have Mm -hmm. not lost those pieces is because as you said, you never take it off, right? Yeah. So I think if there are pieces that you know you can commit to never taking off, then I think you spend the money, right? Yeah. Like if it's a necklace you can sleep in, it doesn't bother you, it doesn't itch you, or bangles or a bracelet that you don't ever have to take off, then I would say invest in whatever you want to invest in. Two things. If you love diamonds and diamonds are your way, right now, the lab-grown diamond market is incredible. To the point where now lab-grown diamonds are being GIA certified and there's no, yes, it's lab-grown. So there is a difference. But when you look at the diamonds side to side, they're both diamonds, but the lab-grown diamond is substantially less expensive. And it doesn't involve human rights violations. There you go. So for the morality, being ethical, there's a way to indulge in that beauty without having to feel the negativity of what it 
cost humans and whatnot to do the mind grown or natural diamonds. Yeah. And again, so much cheaper. So there's a way to step into the land of the sparkle at a much more ethical and cost-effective way, number one. But aside from that, faux jewelry or costume jewelry is incredible. You can do such gorgeous jewelry, fabulous jewelry at costume prices. So yeah. there's no reason why you have to do it. You're not less fashionable in jewelry if all your stuff is costume. There's nothing wrong with that. The one thing I will say is there's definitely a mental block where a woman will spend $1,200 on like Gucci heels, but won't spend the $1,200 on a really beautiful layerable diamond necklace or whatever. And God, that's me. That's totally me. Well, the shoes are going to, you're going to wear them out, right? You can get five years out of your shoes, maybe longer if you're lucky. I don't know. But the necklace is never going anywhere, ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in your case, I get it. You might lose it. You're conscious about that. So that changes the game. But I think generally speaking, like they're investment pieces. You can pass them down. I mean, culturally for me, all jewelry goes to someone. Wow. In my mind, I'm like, oh, it retains its value or whatever. And I'll yeah. be my daughter-in-law or my niece or whatever, or daughter. I don't have one. I will one day, hopefully. But Oh, um, oh my God, the young miss that gets you as a mother-in-law. <laughs> I mean. Gets us, gets us as mother-in-law. Gets us, true. That's true. <laughs> It's actually so true. And I hadn't thought about it that way because I think nothing about investing in a handbag, for example, but I would never think of investing in jewelry in the same way, which I think is really interesting. But when you think about shopping safely for costume jewelry that isn't going to be garish or hideous or too trendy, like where are some places that you direct people? So there's a brand called Goriana, G-O-R-G-A-N-A. J-A-N-A, I forget how to spell it. Yeah, so my friend that I went to high school with, Jason Rudell. Yeah, Jason Rudell. I think his wife started that company. Oriana, it's out of Laguna Beach, California, which is my home slice. So I love them because Mm -hmm. they do costume and fine. Mm -hmm. Their fine is very dainty. If you like chunkier fine, Mm -hmm. maybe not be your jam, but it's a great entry point. And their stuff's layerable which I love in jewelry. I don't think it needs to be like one gigantic necklace yeah. or a honking two carat something. You can put delicate pieces together and a paperclip chain is like the greatest thing ever. And you just layer soft and some of them could be fine and some of them could be faux. And yeah, you get this juicy look without spending a lot of money. And I know it's early part of the year, but they do great holiday sales at 25 or 30% off in sales mm. even throughout. They're great line where you're not spending a ton, but you get a lot of bang for your buck. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Lisa, I feel like I have to finally let you go, but I I feel like I could talk to you all the live long day. And I I know. I just want to say thank you for all of this guidance. I think it's so, so powerful. And if you could send my listener away with one thought in their mind, what would you want them to leave remembering? I think taking a couple of minutes a day to love on yourself is the greatest gift you can give yourself. And there is an immediate sense of confidence that comes with when you look in the mirror and you like what you put on a little lipstick, pulling your hair back and something that you love to wear will give you that feeling that Until you put it on, you won't understand, but it does happen. Magic happens and you can do it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you've been Rajad. That's what my friends and I call it when Lisa comes and judges your closet, you call it being Rajad. And here's the other thing that I think is such a mistake people make is I think people think working with someone like you is just like only what celebrities do or only what CEOs do. It is not. In fact, I think it's like something we should all invest in like every other year. Yeah. I'm going to send all the details, but if people want to find you, you're at lisaraja.com. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. They can find you there. And I can't recommend this process enough. I'm coming up on 50 this year and I feel like I'm going into it with such a spring in my step because of what you did for me. So I just want to thank you for just everything that you are in the world. And I'm so lucky to call you friend. And I just thank you. I am the luckier one. And I'm, like I said at the beginning, I'm super honored to have done this. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to share. Hey, if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest podcast episodes delivered hot off the press or share this with someone who could use it. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe and get on that newsletter. You get fresh tips every Monday morning to set you up for the week. And on the last Saturday of the month, you'll get a short email with my favorite things that I'm into. If you're dealing with a tough client or work situation and you need better skills for managing hard conversations, check out my No Enemy Conversation course. It's at noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com and it is self-paced and it is all there for you. If your company or organization needs a high-voltage keynote speaker who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I am your gal. I have two dozen different fantastic keynote topics and you and I, we can make something killer happen. So shoot me a note and let's do it. If you're still with me and you're thinking you might be ready to invest in your own development as a communicator, let's talk. I am here, I am convinced on this planet to help visionary leaders become spellbinding communicators. And if that sounds like something you want to explore, email me. I'm at bronwyn at bronwyncommunications.com. Shine on, my friends. We need your light.